Hello, and welcome back to the Dream On podcast. This is part two of the How to Lucid Dream series, and I believe that this will be the final part in this series. This will probably also be significantly shorter than part one because um, there's not that much left to talk about. Um, We've already talked about how to get into lucid dreaming, how um, you do, like, uh, sorry, there's a crumb on my desk and it's really distracting me. Okay. Uh, I'm not a neat freak. I swear. I swear. I just, it just bothered me for some reason. I don't know. Just some weird sensory thing. So um, I, um, I calmed down. I took a few minutes from the last episode and I just sat here on my phone for a second and answered some messages that I had. Um, and I'm totally ready to dive into part two. Like I said, this is going to be a little shorter than part one because there's not that much left to talk about. Um, but it's still significant enough that we're going to have a full, probably 20 minute, uh, to half hour episode right now. So it's going to be good. Buckle up. We're going to keep going. Um, so, um, now what we've already covered is you have been keeping a dream journal. You've been doing reality checks of your choice. Um, you can do the physical ones. I suggest not doing them, but you may do them if you think they work for you. If you want to try them, go for it. I encourage you. Um, and at this point, you, um, you've had a couple of lucid dreams. You've stabilized them, or maybe you have had one, or maybe this is your first time. No matter what, this will apply um, in any and every lucid dream. So you know how to stabilize dreams. You need to stare at the ground. You need to pick up an object. Um, You know, look at things, think about things. Just marvel at the wonder that is your own brain. You are so incredible that you've created a world from nothing and you're able to just live in it and do whatever the heck you want in there. Like, that's so cool. So now we're going to talk a little bit more about the content in the dream. So we've spent all this time getting to this point. Now we're finally in the dream and we're going to talk about, um, you know, what you might encounter, how the dream works. And some of this we talked about in the last episode, there's going to be a little bit of rehashing what you already know, but honestly, like you, you experience a lot of the same things in lucid dreams and you can't understand them too much. You'll always be learning and it's good to go back to things that you already know And it's good to think about things that you already know because then you just solidify that knowledge that you already have. So uh, we're going to do a little bit of review throughout the episode. Um, Hopefully it's not too annoying, but um, this is going to be new stuff. So let's jump in right now. So first up, I want to talk about different control methods because there are a lot of ways to control the dream. Um, Some indirect, like the suggestible manifestation that I talked about um, just now in the last episode at the end, where you think about something and you just expect it to be there. That's a way to control a dream. Um, But at the same time, it's not direct control. It's more just that, like you are causing something to happen, but you're not like I don't know, you're not actively doing it, I guess. Like you're not you're not just doing something that causes it to happen. It's just that you expect it to happen and it does. Um and that's the easiest method of control and it there shouldn't be like a stigma about doing that where like, oh, that's the lame way to do it because it's not. Any level of control in a lucid dream is advanced lucid dreaming. It's just that uh the methods that I'm going to talk about are more involved, I guess, than that. And um they're almost more like uh, personal, like you're asking the dream to do something instead of just suggesting that it does something. Um, so it's more of an interaction. Um, 
with your mind as opposed to just hoping that it does something for you. So um, the methods that I want to talk about are first, um, visualization is the one that we just talked about, but um, hold on. I have like a weird note under it. Um, Okay. Yeah. So the thing is, right, um, with visualization and suggestibility is that sometimes you're not even going to purposefully manifest something and it might happen. So um, as an example, um, and I talked about this in a, in an episode not too long ago as well. I don't remember which one I, t- which one I talked about this in, but um, I had this one specific dream that was really lucid and um, I was in this park um, and Actually, I can talk about both things with this in this example because I did both things like right in a row. So um, in this dream, I'm just going to tell you this little side story now because it's important. So in this dream, I was super lucid and I was in like this park. Um, It was a grassy park surrounded by trees and there were all these uh, sidewalks going up and down these little hills and slopes. And they all led to this central gazebo that was like this big stage kind of thing. (gasps) Sorry, I'm yawning. Okay, done yawning. And um, I walked to the middle of the um, park. I walked to the gazebo. And I decided, I was like, I am going to do a concert at this gazebo. And I am not a singer. I do not sing. But in this dream, I was like, I'm going to do it. So um, I got up on stage and, you know, I, w- I just kind of waited there, like hoping that the dream would bring some people in, you know, and like that's manifestation. I was just hoping that it was going to do it. And I was like, it's going to do it. Right. And it worked like some people started showing up walking out of the trees, but it was not enough people. And I was like, oh, no, this is not enough people. Like there's not really a crowd for me to sing for. And then I was just like, like all of a sudden it hit me that instead of just hoping that the dream did something, I could just ask. So out loud, I asked, could you please bring in more people? And then a ton of people started walking out of the forest. Like all I did was ask out loud and it just happened. Like there's nothing wrong. In fact, it's a really good control method to just ask out loud for the dream to do something because it's very clear what you want. You're you're really focused on what you're saying. You're like, I want this to happen. It's a moment of like single-minded purpose. You're like, I want this to happen, please. And I suggest that you say, please, you should be polite to yourself because you're asking yourself to do something. You should be respectful of the dream. You should be respectful of all the characters in it because they are you. You should, of course, respect yourself and be nice to yourself. Like, there's no reason to be mean to yourself. Like, unbelievable. I I could talk about that too, but I'm not going to because that's just like, I'll get mad if I talk about that. You should respect yourself and you should be kind to yourself and you should treat dream characters the way that you would want to be treated because the truth is that each of them is a little bit of you, even if they're just basically like, um, kind of, I guess like, kind of like, uh, I don't want to say like, they're kind of like dummies. You know what I mean? Like they're not like real people. They're just kind of facades of people, but Um, the stuff you do in dreams will still count in your mind as if you had done it in real life. Like the way that I would commit to memory, me berating someone in a dream is the same way that I would commit to memory, me berating someone in real life. So me being mean in a dream is the same thing as me being mean to someone in real life, not in terms of 
the result for the other person or how it impacts them. But the way that it impacts me is exactly the same because I'm still deciding to be mean and I'm still deciding that I want to do whatever because of whatever. And I'm still like feeling those emotions. So um, that's a tangent yet again. But um, be kind to dream characters, please. Um, So you know, ask out loud for the dream to do stuff if you want to control it. Like, it's such a great method. And it's something that I only recently discovered within the last year before I only used like manifestation. I just kind of hoped that things would happen. And normally they did. um, But sometimes they didn't. And then I'd be like, oh, no, it didn't happen. And I was kind of bummed out. But you can just ask it to happen. And then most of the time it just will, because why wouldn't it? This is your world and you can just ask for stuff to happen and it will. But um, the other side of manifestation is that sometimes you can manifest things and you don't mean to. So while I was at this concert, um, I was standing on stage and I was waiting for the show to start and I had Uh, I was just standing there waiting and the dream, because it's a dream, it tried to create a new plot line. And this woman walked up to me who was my assistant and she was like, you need to check your phone. And then suddenly I had my phone in my hand and I looked down at my phone and it was open to Pinterest. And I was like, oh, I'm on Pinterest. And then I was like scrolling through Pinterest. And then um, this fan art came up of a villain from a series that I read, a book series. And I was like, oh no. And then I just knew in my soul that they were in the audience. And I was like, oh no. And I was so afraid because they're really scary. And I was like, oh my gosh. And that's manifestation because I, like a thought that I had just created something in a dream from nothing. Like that the character would not have been there if I hadn't looked at my phone and been afraid and thought, oh my gosh, like that was something that I did myself on accident. And that's not something that you should be afraid of because first of all, if you're afraid of that, you're going to cause it to happen. Like, I'm sorry, but that's what's going to happen. Dreams are so susceptible to suggestion and just like your whims that if you focus on something you don't want to happen, you're making it happen by doing that. So you just need to accept that whatever's going to happen happens and just let it roll off your back because it's really not a big deal. Like none of it's real and that villain can't kill me in real life. Like they they can't, they don't exist. So like you just can't care that much, honestly. Like the key to a lot of this is just that you can't care that much because it's not real and you can do it all again tomorrow night if you mess up tonight. Like it's just, it's an ongoing thing and it's a talent that you continue to build. It's not this stagnant thing that's unchanging. Um And um, in my case and in your case and in everyone's case, um, it's kind of an ever-changing thing because as you grow as a person, your dreams develop and change as well. So you change, your dreams change. It's kind of an ever-growing world, um, essentially. And, you know, if you have recurring characters, that's true as well. Like, um, you know, for me, um, my first... Uh, dream character Asher from sixth grade. I did a whole episode on my recurring dream characters, but um, which is very interesting. But um, he in sixth grade, we were the same age, and now we're the same age. So we he he grew up beside me in my dreams, as opposed to him just staying like a stagnant child. And for a lot of people, like their dream characters don't age like that. For some of them, they have different faces in every dream, even, but they know it's the same person. Like. Whatever you can picture in a dream can happen, but um, that's kind of besides the point. 
Um, anyway, manifestation um, is a thing and it can be indirect or it can be direct. It's just kind of something that happens. So now I want to talk about um, some of my favorite things to do in dreams because um, a lot of people, and this is going to sound crazy, but um, a lot of people, they get to um, the point where they're lucid in their dreams and then they just genuinely don't know what to do. And um, they're like, oh, I, I want to do cool stuff, but I just can't think of anything to do. So um, it sounds crazy because you can you can do anything, but that's kind of why that happens because when you can do anything then what do you do <laughs> like you're limitless so so what are you supposed to choose um and the thing is you're limited by your own imagination so if you're someone who has seen um cooler movies than someone else then you're probably capable of doing doing uh cooler stuff than them like um and that's you know it's it's such a generalization and kind of a weird thing for me to say but i'm i'm going to run with it like um, I read a lot of cool books and I see a lot of cool movies and I have very interesting dreams and they're more interesting than they would be if I just, if I didn't like do that stuff. Like if I just sat at home all day and I didn't take part in, um, in reading or in like watching cool shows, then that stuff wouldn't exist in my perception of like reality and in my imagination. So, um, it wouldn't exist in my dream world either because that my dream world is based on who I am as a person, on my experiences, and on how I see the world. So you can actively um, consume media and do real-world activities that make your dreams more interesting because it's a reflection of reality. It's distorted, but it's still a reflection of who you are and how you see the world. So um, getting deep there for a minute. But um, some activities. I have a little list here. It's quite little. But um, so flight is my number one, hands down. And that's true for a lot of people. Um, flight is interesting because um, it's actually pretty hard. Um, when you don't have wings, flight is hard. Um, and that's because it's something that you really need to believe for it to happen. Like you need and it's something that you've never done before, obviously, because you can't just fly and like float around. And right now I'm talking about um, without wings. Flying with wings is far easier. And most of the time I fly with wings. I used to fly a lot more without, but um, normally now it's with. Um, I have these huge like black angel wings. Um, I don't, was that distorted when I said angel? I'm an angel. Um, I fly with huge black angel wings um, all the time. Like, all the time. And, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> I wish uh, that somehow there was a way to lucid dream with other people, which there is not. Um, some people say that you can do that, but you cannot. I promise you cannot. Um, and I wish I wish that there was a way that you could, though, because um, then I would be able to actually teach you how to fly with wings because it can be kind of tricky. Um, it's weird to have like extra limbs on your back, like on your body. And everyone's experience is different. For some people, flying is easier than others. And if you expect it to be hard, it'll be harder. And if you expect it to be easy, it'll be easier because everything in this world is malleable and you control it uh, directly or indirectly and both. So flight without wings takes a lot of concentration because uh, you're basically just levitating and you're just defying the laws of gravity, uh, just chilling and you're just focused on doing that and it's 
I guess it helps you to stay lucid, honestly, to just kind of float around because you have to constantly think about the fact that you, you're flying and you don't need to be afraid of falling because you're fine. You're in a lucid dream. Like there's just this whole like cycle of thought that needs to happen to do that. Um, but flying is such a cool experience. Like I, I don't think I can even explain it to someone who has not done it in a lucid dream. Like And it's so realistic that it's like I've done it in real life, except without like the wind chill that would actually happen if I did it for real. Um, So it's just like to be weightless and to fall, but not be afraid while you're falling. And I'm someone who's afraid of heights. So I have learned just this super cool fact about myself that I would have never known that like there are limits to like where my fear is. So I feel like at like 10 feet off the ground, that's when I start to be afraid because I'm like too high. But then, you know, like um, then if I go up higher than that, there's like a window there where it's like in the in-between spaces where I'm afraid because if I fell, I could see exactly where I'd land and I can imagine all the horrible things that would happen to me. But then if I'm higher than that, then the ground is so far that I'm like, eh, like I'm not even worried about falling anymore because I'm not close enough to see what would happen if I fell. So um, there's, so even if you have a fear of heights, like seriously, flying is the best. And if you're going to try it for your first time, uh, use wings, please. I've also used butterfly wings, um, which are amazing and beautiful and uh, incredible. Um, So uh, use wings for your safety, uh, not for your physical safety, for your mental safety, because falling is scary. Um, and wings are a lot easier to maneuver because you've seen birds fly. You understand how wings work. You can imagine how they would work. So uh, use wings. Go for it. Go fly. Do it. Um, and you can fly, you know, in cities between skyscrapers, uh, take off off a cliff and just go like over the ocean um, so many cool things you can do. You're only limited by your imagination. So flight really is number one. It does not get old. If someone tells you flying gets old, they're a freak. <laughs> like never talk to them again. That's ridiculous. So, um, flight is the best. Um, I do it in dreams, even without just like flying around. Sometimes I just kind of float around and let the dream plot play out, which is the next thing that I want to talk about. So, um, People are really obsessed with control in lucid dreams. They're like, oh my gosh, I want to control the dream and make it do whatever I want to do. And like, bro, calm down. Like dreams are so cool on their own. You do not need to reshape the whole thing all the time. Like that is so boring because guaranteed you're going to keep making the same stuff happen over and over again. And letting the dream do its stuff like organically is so much cooler. It really is. So For me, a lot of the time, even when I'm lucid, I just play along with the storyline. And that's what I'm talking about when I say I act out the plays and the movies and my dreams because sometimes I'm fully lucid and I just go with it because it's fun. And I like doing all the stuff in my dreams. Like I like seeing where the dream goes and I like seeing all the cool like sets that my brain makes, like the world building and all the cool locations that I've been to. Like there's nothing wrong with being lucid and going along with the dream. I think it's I think that in a lot of ways it's better than controlling the dream because you get to just consciously experience how cool dreams really are. There's something that you miss out on if you're not lucid dreaming. You really 
you don't understand how clear they are, how beautiful they are, how real they are until you just go through it. You just experience it and you get to see how amazing it is. And when you have dream characters that are there with you and you're all in the know, it's even better because then it's like you're there with your buddies and you're all like, I mean, yeah, it's kind of like a game because like every day it's a movie, it's a play and you're all just playing out your roles and it's a game and like there are all these jokes and stuff like it's it's a very positive experience. And I suggest that at some point when you're done flying, then, you know, you land and you just let the dream whatever do whatever it wants to do. Um, so now, um, the other thing I was going to talk about was, uh, meeting dream characters, uh, including recurring ones. And not everyone has a recurring dream character. Um, some people make them, but, uh, honestly, I feel like, like, I don't want to invalidate someone, but like, I feel like making one is kind of lame. Uh, and I, I, that's kind of mean to say, cause like, if I didn't have dream characters, I might want them, but I don't think it's the same because like I didn't design any of my dream characters. I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I want Asher to look like this. Like I I didn't do that. So they're completely organic. It's and like I know they're not real people, but it's like they are. So it's just different when you're like, oh, I want this person to look like I don't know, someone. <laughs> someone. I can't think of even a celebrity. Um, I just want this person to look like someone. Um, and I want them to act like so, so and so like, it just feels like formulaic and kind of lame to me. But, um, you know, you can do whatever you want. Like, it's your dream, you can do whatever you want. So you do you. Um, and as long as you enjoy your dreams, that's cool. Uh, you know, really, honestly, I have no reason to judge you. And I'm just being kind of dumb right now. So it's it's whatever. Uh, so meeting dream characters, even if they're not recurring ones, is very interesting. Um, it's interesting to see how characters react to you saying you're lucid, to you just being lucid in general. Like there are there have been uh, some fascinating interactions that I've heard from other people, but also just that I've experienced on my own. Um, when I was younger, they used to uh, react in dreams more like aggressively towards me saying that I was in a lucid dream um and not like physically aggressively just like um just like you know insisting that I was stupid or that I was like crazy I got a lot of crazy like you're crazy how could you say that and um that doesn't happen so much anymore but um you can ask your dream characters a lot of stuff um so now um I do want to talk about the first time I met Asher, um, who is the first recurring dream character I had, who I met in sixth grade. Um, and the reason that I want to talk about Asher was because he was the first character in a dream that I met who already knew that it was a dream. So this is a very interesting case. Um, and don't be don't be freaked out because it's kind of a it's kind of scary and it was really scary for me at the time like I woke up and I was like oh my gosh what the heck just happened like I was really confused um but in the dream I was at my school the, uh, my middle school and I was outside and um I was fully lucid so I was like kind of flying around I was floating around and um you can hear like this whole like expanded story in my dream characters episode but uh, long story short, he wanted me to help him open this uh, magic book 
And um, I sat down across from him to open the book and I was like, oh, this will be super easy because I'm in a lucid dream so I can just make it open. And he he told me, um, you can't use your lucid dreaming powers for this, by the way. And I was like, excuse me? Like, what did you just say? I did not tell you that I was in a lucid dream. And I was freaked out. And he was like laughing that I was freaked out. Like he knew that none of it was real. He knew that I was in a lucid dream and he was just chill with it. Like I had never met someone in a dream before who was just chill with the fact that none of it was real and he was just fine with it. He was like, eh, yeah, true. You know, it's funny that you're shocked that I know. And um, there was a while where like he was like um, in the plays um, of my dreams, he was always like the villain of the story for a long time. And it was very much like an adversarial relationship. But like more recently, we're more like frenemies. Like we're bros at this point. We're totally um, we're totally friends. And so my, the dynamic of my dreams has changed a lot. And people who interpret dreams, um, I'm sure have a lot of um, a lot of things that they would um, try to interpret from that. I don't do that. I think dreams are dreams are dreams. And I think that they reflect reality, but only to a certain extent. And um, I don't think that you can uh, read too much into them because I think that there's too much garbage thrown into dreams and just random whims and stuff for you to ever get anything substantial from them. But um, regardless, um, dream characters, whether or not they are recurring, have very interesting things to say. And sometimes it's just total crap that like you're like, hey, how are you today? Asking some random dream character. And they're like, I don't know. And then they say something insane like um, infinity is a construct of the mind or something. And then and you'd be like, wow, that was so deep when you woke up. And then later during the day, you'd be like, that was not deep. Like, that was the most insane thing I've ever heard. And it would just be something weird. But um, you can have some really cool interactions and just some really cool characters show up in your dreams. Um, and they're just, they're cool to talk to. So do talk to them. They're, a lot of them are, um, like, I every single dream character is a part of you reflected. Because every single dream character what they say and do is something that you imagined. And if you can imagine something, then it's part of you and it's part of your mind and it's how you see the world and how you work. So talk to dream characters, um, participate in dream storylines, all that cool stuff. So um, now I have two more sections to get through. I have the enemies of lucid dreaming and then I have the perks of lucid dreaming. So um, first let's talk about the enemies of lucid dreaming. Um, this will not take long. So I said in the first part of this series that um, lucid dreaming is hard when you're tired, when you're stressed, when you're in a nightmare, like intense emotions of any kind will make you forget yourself because you're so focused on the fact that you feel a certain way that you forget to think. And, you know, that's kind of insight into just how emotions work in general. Like, when you're really emotional, you're not thinking. So, obviously, that applies um, in dream and out of dream. But uh, the next two that I'm going to talk about um, 
like I wouldn't really put them in a category with other emotions and they are impatience and negativity. So impatience and negativity are um, things that people tend to feel when they are trying to lucid dream and it's not working or they're trying to learn to control their dreams and it's not working. And the thing is that when you become impatient and when you become negative, you're actually creating a barrier for yourself because in a world where your thoughts and opinions are the world, by saying that you can't do something, you're making it so that you can't do it. So sometimes you create like these walls and you cannot get past them. So if you think to yourself, I'll never be able to control my dreams, then congratulations, you're correct. You'll never be able to control your dreams because now you believe that that's a part of your core beliefs and your dreams will accept that wholeheartedly because they are made of you. So you will never be able to control your dreams. And if you're impatient and you're not doing your reality checks like thoughtfully and you're not focusing when you do them, then they don't really count because you're not doing a real reality check. You're just going through like a weird rehearsal thing and you're not actually doing anything worthwhile. So you're wasting your time and you're not committed. So now it's never going to happen. Like, and it's the whole like you are your own worst enemy thing because you're creating obstacles that now you have to get past. So you need to be very open-minded all the time. You need to be positive. You need to be ready to make like you need to be ready to make uh, good things come out of bad things because sometimes in a dream you make a mistake and you summon a villain from a book you read like I did and I could have freaked out and gotten mad and lost control of the dream and woken up, um, but I didn't. I walked down stage and I was like, when I come back, he'll be gone. And when I came back later, he was gone. So it was fine. Like, you can't overreact to stuff. You need to just chill out because that's the key to all dreams. You have to just stay calm. You have to chill out and you have to just be, like, just be. Just just be. And that's just what you need to be. So just be, just be. Um, now, let's wrap up the episode with um, what are the perks of lucid dreaming. So lucid dreaming, I have said many a time and I will say many a time again. Um, lucid dreaming has made me more confident and it has made me more self-aware. I know exactly who I am as a person. Like I understand myself so well. I have a lot of respect for myself and that, I think that will apply to anyone who does it really, because you have to be confident to understand that you're in a dream and you really need to be awed by the fact that your brain was able to create an entire reality for you. Like it's such a surreal experience. It's so cool. And there's nothing else like it because there are no drugs involved. There, There's nothing involved except you being asleep. Like you lose contact with the real world and you're in a world that you create just for yourself. It's a show you put on for yourself. And it's so cool. It's so cool. And that's why I do this podcast because I think it's so cool. And there's so much misinformation about it and people do not understand it. And I think that it's something everyone should be able to do. I think that it's really good for your mental health. I think it's a great escape. I think that people would be happier people if they all knew how to lucid dream. And I wholeheartedly believe that. I really do. Um, other than 
helping with stuff like that. I think that lucid dreaming has so many applications in therapy for exposure therapy and PTSD. Like there are so many things that you could do in dreams knowing that they're fake that would make you feel better about the real ex- like the real situation. Like the the people that are afraid of leaving their homes, they could leave their house in a dream and know that in the real world they'll, they're still in their house. And like it's just another level of distance between yourself and doing the real thing that you're afraid of that I think would be so helpful and be so cool. And yet, like therapists and just like the world in general just neglects the opportunity that we clearly have in lucid dreams to experience things while knowing that they're not real and knowing that it's fake. And um, that's, oh my gosh, actually that leads me into um, another episode I did about skill building in dreams, basically. I think it was in the myths and misconceptions episode, but I might be wrong Um, either way, I talked about in one of the episodes about how, um, a lot of people think that in dreams you can like learn a new skill or practice something and you cannot like, um, I'm telling you that you cannot skill build in dreams. You cannot learn to do stuff because, um, you're not actually doing it. So even if it feels real, um, if you're trying to learn in a dream how to play soccer, then the physics in the dream are determined by your emotions. So if you think you're doing super well, then you're going to do super well. And if you think you're doing poorly, you're going to do really poorly. So it's not real life. Like in real life, it doesn't really matter how I feel. The way that I kick the ball is the way that I kick the ball. It doesn't matter if I'm positive about it or negative about it um, to a certain extent. So it's just the the layer of unreality um, makes it so you cannot skill build. But Um, regardless, therapy doesn't need to be real for it to be effective. Um, so, uh, I got, uh, EMDR therapy, which if you suffer from PTSD, please look that up. It's EMDR. Uh, it was very, very helpful. Um, and it's supposed to mimic REM sleep. And I think that one of the reasons that it worked so well for me is because I lucid dream. So, um, my brain is accustomed to being conscious in like a kind of dream state, So, uh, very important. Look up EMDR. And um, I think, hold on. Yeah. Okay. So, I think I'm done. Like, I think that's what I needed to cover in this part two episode. I think we're good. Um, This has been quite successful, like a nice little duology here. And um, so, now I'm going to just briefly talk about why I've been taking like a little hiatus from the podcast that was unexpected for me and unexpected for you. Um, so, in my immediate family, someone's dealing with some health problems and um, it's been a struggle for all of us. Uh, my life is completely in limbo right now. Um, I, if you can't tell from my like silence my reticence to even say anything like I have no idea what's what's gonna happen or what's happening like it's just it's insane um so like everything everyone's okay like no one's gonna die but it's more so just like uncertainty of like what we need to do next um and it could last I mean this could last a year or more like seriously like I I'm struggling right now so um 
you know, we all have periods where we struggle, but, um, I'm, I'm a positive person. So I'm trying to stay positive. Um, one of the reasons that it's been hard for me to do the podcast though, is that because I'm stressed, um, I have not been lucid dreaming as much because when I'm stressed, I'm too tired to focus on the fact that it's not real. Or if I realize that it's not real, then I just let it go. And I'm like, eh, I'm too tired to lucid dream. And I just let the dream carry me away in the storyline. So um, I've been too tired to lose a dream, which has been hard for me because it's my hobby. It's what I do to relieve stress. And it's ironic that what I do to relieve stress is hardest to do when I'm stressed out. So if you're in the same boat as me, I'm sorry this has happened to me before. It's happened to me again, and it's probably true for you as well. Um, you know, it's just, it's give and take like everything else. So um, I'm okay. Everyone will be okay, but uh, things are hard for me right now, so you know, it just, it'd be like that. Um, but, um, staying positive, you should stay positive as well. Positivity is very important as lucid dreams have taught us. Um, being negative just manifests negative stuff. And I firmly believe that. So, um, thank you so much for listening to all of my, um, loyal listeners and my future listeners and the new listeners who are now loyal listeners. Um, I assume that if you've made it to the end of part two, then you're going to keep listening. So um, if you're new, you should probably listen to Lucid Dreaming Myths and Misconceptions uh, for sure, because there's some stuff in there that I did not talk about on this episode, I think, um, and in the last episode. So um, thank you all so much for listening and dream on. <laughs>